What's up, BCS Fitness? It's Coach Jared coming to you with another podcast. It's been a minute. Uh, I just recently got back from vacation to Colorado, which was wonderful. Uh, cooler temperatures and all that. Had a great time. But <clears throat> this uh, topic that I'm going to talk about today has been on my mind for a while. Um, I've been trying to get this podcast recorded and I've just been struggling to get it done. But I really um, love the way that this book I'm reading put this information together. It's not entirely new um, ideas, but I like the way that they put it together. I think it's very actionable and very um, digestible and effective. Um, Just really spoke to me. So I thought I'd bring it to you. Um, The title, if you will, of the podcast is going to be Drift to Failure or Low Performance. So I already like that kind of title or that concept because when we think about failure or success um, they're usually not quick they're um, you know we do have uh, big blow-ups we do have big accidents but when we're talking about uh, general fitness lifestyle um, healthy habits usually it's not like one just one day we wake up and Uh, everything goes off the rails. It's usually a slow burn either direction. Um, Fitness improvements take time. Now, when you first start training, um, you can see quick uh, transitions. And the same thing can happen when you stop. But really to get where we're going, whether that's towards our goals or away from our goals, it's usually a slow process. So I really like that idea to drift um, to to failure or low performance. and this, this idea, these ideas today come from a book I'm reading about. Um, it's called Building the Elite. Um, it's two coaches who have a niche of training um, individuals that want to specifically go towards uh, special forces. Uh, so it's very, very narrow focus and very, very high, high-end um, um, training. Um, but it's still applicable just to the uh, everyday athlete or everyday person, uh, these concepts. So that's where I got the information and I just really, really liked the way they put it together. So I thought I'd bring it to you. Um, first thing we need to talk about is systems theory. Um, so just general, just real quick, uh, the human body is a complex system. Okay. It's not, it's not simple. So anytime you're dealing with, complex systems, we don't have full control over outcomes. And I'm sure you're well aware of that. Um, The body, if we're trying to improve body composition, lose weight, increase performance, uh, strength, speed, muscle, we don't have full control. What we do have is control over the inputs. We can nudge it. We can disturb the system in a way that should push us towards or nudge us towards an outcome. And we can do the opposite. We can, we can avoid those nudges or we can nudge it in a way that, um, that brings us away from those goals or those outcomes. So really, I think uh, just the key topic there is, is letting go of control and just focusing on the process, trust the process. Um, Really what this speaks to, um, this drift to failure is, is really just about anything related to training, whether that's improved strength, performance, muscle mass, uh, body composition, weight loss, healthy lifestyle. Um, it's just, a, it's just slow. Um, one of the things that you need to watch out for, or some of the phrases that are common 
when we're talking about this drift towards low performance or failure is, <clears throat> oh, that's good enough, or it could be worse. Um, and those are fine thoughts, but if you find that, that those thoughts are coming up a lot, then you need to check, check that thought. Like, are you using that as a, as a, as a get out of jail free card? Um, you know, if that's coming up a lot, like, oh, my, my training today was good enough or my nutrition today yeah, is good enough or ah, it could have been worse. Well, it could always be worse, but do we really want to, you know, drift towards it could be worse or do we want to drift towards it could be better? Um, nothing's perfect. No one's perfect. And that's not what we're talking about. But if this mantra is playing over and over, that's a good indication that maybe we're sliding, maybe we're drifting towards that low performance or that failure. So that's kind of the ideas. I have five concepts that I'm going to go over um, regarding this drift towards failure. And we're just going to dive right in because it's kind of lengthy and meaty and I don't want to take up too much time. Um, the first concept that it's foundational, um, they call it sensitivity to initial conditions. So think of this as the foundation of a house. Um, if, if the foundation is poured poorly or is not on solid ground, then everything that goes on top of that foundation is at risk. So this comes from chaos theory and in a popular um, topic in chaos theory that is applicable to sensitivity to initial conditions is the butterfly effect. Um, so small things can have big consequences, especially when it's foundational. Um, so in training or, or what we're dealing with in the gym or outside the gym, uh, that would be like movement pattern. That would be the nutrition foundations, um, stuff like that, mental skill development, sleep quality, all the things that go into creating a foundation of a healthy lifestyle. If one of those things is not sound, then it's going to affect everything that you put on top of it. So if your sleep quality is not optimal or not, you know, at least at a, a minimum standard of, of, good performance, then that's going to affect everything else. That's going to affect your nutrition. That's going to affect your training. It's going to affect the way your body recovers. There's a foundational quality. Um, <clears throat> the, the issue is we might not know that the foundation, or we might not see, we, we might know, but we might not see the ill effects of that uh, poor foundation immediately. We might start building the frame. We might start putting the sheetrock up. We might, you know, start painting walls, putting flooring in, all that good stuff. And then, you know, we got plumbing, we got wiring. So I'm using the house metaphor here. And then, you know, could be a year. And then all of a sudden that foundation cracks and everything that was built on top of it fails. Okay. You could have a huge plumbing leak. Same thing when we're training, you know, um, <clears throat> when we're in the gym, if, if our deadlift form or our squat form, if we're letting things slide, if we're all, oh, you know, that kind of, I kind of hurt my back, but you know, I, I felt better the next day. It's not a big deal. That is a big deal because it might not be that, that first rep or that hundred rep or that 200th or the 900th, but it's going to be, you know, maybe it's 991 and all of a sudden, oh man, now I've got a, a, a pulled muscle in my lower back or I've got a herniated disc or, you know, or whatever it could be. And you might think, oh, it was that one rep, that one, that one deadlift or the gym hurt me. That's not really what happened, even though that was the movement that finally broke everything. It's, 
it goes back. It was every rep before that did not have foundational soundness. Um, and so those initial conditions, we need to shore those up. We need to make sure the foundation from which we are training is solid so that everything we put on top of it, whether that's load, okay, intensity, quantity, uh, the quality of the rep, the movement, the, the nutrition, the sleep, all those foundational things that we, we talk about, we need to make sure that they are sound so that when we are training, we are getting one, we're avoiding the pitfalls of absolute, you know, some kind of big failure, if you will, or, or catastrophic event, but we're also reaping the most benefit possible from those nudges that we're putting in those reps that we're putting in. Those are just nudges, you know, every squat, every push up, every row is a nudge on your body to adapt and to change. We don't have control over how quickly that happens or when it happens or how fast it happens. Um, but we can control those initial conditions. So, um, that is one thing I'm going to, I'm going to leave a little German proverb that they included in the book. I really like this a lot. Um, I think this will kind of tie this up nicely. I'm going to kind of have to read it to make sure I get it correct. So bear with me. Um, it's a German proverb. And so it goes as follows <clears throat> for the want of a nail, a shoe was lost for want of a shoe. A horse was lost for the want of a horse. A rider was lost. For want of a rider, the message was lost. For want of a message, the battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. So that really ties it up nicely. Small things can have big effects. Um, this doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it does mean you need to focus on those core foundational uh, aspects of your training and your healthy lifestyle, make sure those are sound before you worry about, you know, increasing speed, increasing load, increasing reps, increasing all of this other stuff. Do not load quantity if the quality is not there. All right. Second, second concept is decrement, decrem, decrementalism. That's a hard word for me to say, apparently. Um, really what this is, is just a downward shift in standards. Um, this happens to everyone um, in certain aspects of life. But what's critical here is this downward shift is not a conscious decision. It's not even perceptible. Um, it is slow. It is, it is so subtle and imperceptible. This is where a coach can really help. Um, and this is something that I think we can, we can help our clients with a lot and, and something that we look for. Um, but it's, it's just a slow shift in standards. So, uh, for example, let's say you have a standard of, I'm going to have three quality workout, three quality 30 minute workouts a week. Well, this slow shift might be so subtle, you know, so let's just use BCS fitness, uh, what we do as a guideline. So we have, we have a warm up five minutes before we have a 30 minute quality workout and we have a five minute stretch. So it's 40 minutes, give or take inside the gym. So it could be this imperceptible, you know, let's say you're a, you're an early riser, you come at five 30 and the warm up, you know, the warm up starts at five 25 and you're usually you're there in the gym, five 22 ish, you know, you get in, get checked in, get to your pod, you're ready to go. You're there for the full warm up. You get a quality warm up. You do your workout. Everything's going good. Well, you know, then one day something happens 
and you're a little late. Maybe you come in at 526. Okay, so now your warm-ups are disrupted a little bit. Everything still goes fine. You have a great workout. You get stretched. Everything's great. Okay, so you're like, well, that wasn't that big a deal. And it really wasn't. At one time, one off, wasn't. It, it really wasn't. If you were to go back to your normal standard, no big deal. But maybe you're kind of like, eh, I got away with that a little bit. Like, eh, warm-up's really not a big deal. So now you start, now the new standard is, oh, I don't have to get, you know, maybe it was you hit the snooze button, okay? And nothing really bad happened. Everything was fine. You had a great workout. You still felt great. Now the now maybe you just shift to that's your new normal. You show up at 526 instead of 523. Three minutes. It's really not perceptible. It's not a big deal, okay? And that goes on for a little while. That's your new standard all of a sudden, right? Now it used to be 523. Now it's 526. That's what I'm talking about. Very, very small, imperceptible downward shift, Okay, so that's your new standard. And then just repeat that process. You know, maybe that goes on for six months. And then it's like, now I'm hitting snooze twice. Yeah, I don't need to warm up. I'll just roll in at 5.30. Coaches get me going. I still get a quality workout. Still feel good. Still feel great. Downward shift. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, maybe, you know, a year. Maybe it could be eight months, whatever. I missed a workout. I didn't get fat. I didn't, you know, I didn't lose any strength. Nothing really changed. No, because it's a one-off. But you keep downward shifting in, you know, six months, a year. If you compare that from when you started, there is a perceptible change. But it's because the standards shift so slowly that you never actually perceive it. You don't see it until it's too late. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, what happened? You know, I was doing fine, and now I'm not. I, something's wrong. My diet's wrong. All this stuff is wrong. No, could have just been that small, slow change in drift uh, to standards. You know, and what I'm really trying to drive home here is that one-off experience, that one-off being late, that one-off missing a workout, having a poor meal. That's not the problem. The problem is, is if that new, if that downward shift becomes the new standard. Okay, so you have to have standards and you have to at least try to live up to them. And anytime you don't, you need to acknowledge it. You need to be aware of it. You need to be conscious of it. Don't let it be so small that just because nothing negative happened that we're unaware. Okay. This is real picky. This is kind of, this is, you know, getting kind of real dialed in, but that's the difference between avoiding that downward shift and, and just coming towards that drift to failure and really, you know, having that one-off experience that maybe wasn't the standard, didn't hurt you, not a big deal. That's okay. You reset, you come back to the original standard, three quality workouts. You're coming in um, at your normal time. You get your quality warm up, all that good stuff. So you've got to hold yourself to a certain standard and you got to be aware when those standards start to shift. Um, scarcity and competition is the third one. <clears throat> So this is just common in the world, uh, especially uh, in a competitive capitalist society that we live in, um, which is great. It, it drives innovation. It drives people to be great. It, it really does push us. But <clears throat> the drive to be better, faster, and cheaper can be a negative when we're talking about training and healthy lifestyles. It's very hard to do all three of those things at once. Okay? It's very hard to do better, faster, and cheaper. I don't care what it is that you're trying to accomplish. It could be building widgets, uh, which you study in economics and, and business. 
it, it could, you know, it, it definitely applies to fitness. You can't rush and get good quality and, you know, be cheaper all at the same time. You can kind of usually do two of those things at once, but all three is very difficult to do. So just here, it's kind of preaching patience and quality. Okay. So you got to choose, am I going to put in the, am I going to pay the price? Am I going to, you know, if I want the quality outcome, am I willing to pay for it? Am I willing to wait for it? Okay. Or am I seeking the quick fix? Am I seeking the hack? Am I, am I, am I seeking the shortcut? Um, that sounds good. You know, in this, in this industry, there's tons of people that will prey on that faster, cheaper, better model. Um, it, because it sounds good. It, it, it speaks to us. It's what we really want. And in, in a perfect world, that would be what we could do, but that's not how this works. Unfortunately, I wish it were, it'd be great if it were, but this takes some time. This takes some, it, 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 there is a cost of commitment and discipline. Um, so just try to avoid that hack mentality of, you know, I'm going to do this trend, this latest fad diet, um, this crash diet, or I'm going to go nuts on the workout and I'm going to go as fast and as hard as I can out of the gate. You don't need to, do, if you're new to training or if you've been, if you're coming off of a long layoff, you don't need to go real hard, real fast. You need to focus on quality over quantity and then earn, you know, that, that speed and that, that intensity, uh, lay that foundation it goes back to those initial conditions. Okay. Um, but just watch out for that faster, better, cheaper, all at once idea. We as humans fall for that all the time. Uh, it's just unfortunate. And it would be great. Again, it would be great if that, if that were true, it just usually doesn't work out in the real world. Um, it, it sets us up for, for failure or a, a downward, a downward low a drift towards low performance. <clears throat> uh, the fourth concept, this one's a little different. Um, I struggle with this cause I love technology. I got technology everywhere. I got this whoop strap on. Okay. And especially in the fitness world, there's tons of technology. We use my zones at the gym and they're great. They're fantastic tools but unruly technology. Um, technology is great. Again, I have tons of it. Um, I think what you have to be mindful of here is just making sure you understand a, what the technology really can do. Okay. Uh, um, you know, in the marketing world, people are going to say, Oh, you know, buy this, <clears throat> buy this fitness tracker. And you know, you're, you're on your way to being fit. Uh, interestingly enough, there was a recent study out of the University of Pittsburgh that showed people who wore Fitbits did not lose any more weight than those who didn't. Um, but it's not because the tool doesn't do what it says it's supposed to do or it isn't useful. It's just that the tool itself isn't going to make you do the things that lead to the outcome. They are not there to do the work for you. They are there to help you. They are there to provide data. They are there to provide information con and confirm um, what you're feeling or not feeling, you know, but it's just information. And if we put it on a pedestal and we think, oh, if I just had that, or if I just get this, then all my problems are solved. Uh, I just think that that can lead us astray. Um, and another thing that I really like from the 
<clears throat> this is from a different website, but it's an Einstein quote and it says, not everything that can be counted counts and not everything that counts can be counted. Um, so sometimes we get into this over um, thinking, this over um, calculating, you know, system where we're focused on, you know, calories in, calories out, macros, steps, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, MEPS, whatever it is, we're, we're tracking everything, but we're not really putting that into proper context. Again, these things can be great. I love my whoop strap. It gives me, it confirms what I'm feeling some days. Some days it's like, oh, I didn't really, I felt like I, uh, you know, got more recovery than that. Um, and sometimes I've disagreed with it. And I think that's important for me to be aware of how am I feeling versus what this thing is telling me. Okay, it could have an error. Um, it, it's also informative that, hey, maybe, you know, <clears throat> what it's telling me, when it's telling me I'm at 50% recovery, maybe I'm really at 60% because it's basing it off some algorithm. And maybe that's not really dialed into me specifically yet, but I'm learning, I'm paying attention and I'm using the information, you know, but I'm not trusting it wholeheartedly. I'm not putting all of, of my um, trust in it. I'm not like letting the technology make decisions for me. I'm letting it inform decisions I'm making. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Again, I'm really not trying to say technology is, is wrong or bad. It's just we need to make, be mindful of what the technology can do, how it can help us be accountable, how it can help push us. But at the end of the day, it's still on us to do the work. It's still on us to pay attention and to be conscious. A, a lot of this goes, a lot of this drift towards failures um, or low performance is just about being aware, self-aware and paying attention. Um, the last one we're going to talk about today is another kind of, uh, it's going to sound counterintuitive, um, but I really like it because I think this happens a lot um, with training. So it's contribution of the protective structure is the title of this concept. And what, it, what they're talking about or what that means is sometimes we are overprotective. Okay. Um, you know, maybe... <clears throat> Um, let's, let's use a, a, a football player as an, this is a good example, football player. Okay. So when you're playing football, it, let's say you're a running back. Okay. So you're going to get hit. You're going to make some pretty sharp cuts. You're going to get hit. Um, you, you start taping your ankles. Uh, that's pretty common in football to tape the ankles to, to provide some extra support. And that can be very helpful. It can be very preventative to injury in a game, uh, or, you know, but then let's say you start taping your ankles all the time because you like the way that feels and it gives you added security, um, added support. So now you're taping every day you're training, uh, every day in practice. What, you're, what you got to watch out for is that now you are weakening the structure of that ankle because you have provided that extra support via tape. And now the muscles and the ligaments around that joint aren't being stressed. And therefore, they're not getting strengthened. They're actually getting weakened. And so maybe you don't get hurt in the game. Maybe you don't get hurt in training. But then maybe, you know, it's off season. You go, you know, for a hike or, you know, or a walk and you step on a rock and your ankle kind of moves. But now your ankle is weak because it hasn't been forced to work because you've been taping it regularly during your training. And now you get injured. And you're like, well, shoot, I should have been taped. 
when in reality it's because you didn't train those muscles or those ligaments to be robust and to be strengthened. Um, maybe if you hadn't done that, that rock twist or that, that uneven surface wouldn't have actually injured you. Um, this again is kind of a different concept, how this pertains to the clients we see in the gym. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, we're coming off an injury. Um, we're coming off surgery. I've had surgery lots of, you know, that happens as part of life, acute injury. Um, and we're scared, rightfully so. It's nerve wracking to trust that joint again, to trust that ligament again. And so we just avoid or we, uh, you know, don't get off the crutches or don't get off the brace. And I'm not really trying to encourage anyone to just throw away, you know, things that their doctor or PT says they, that they need in the moment. But when I was coming back after my injury, you know, once the doctor said, hey, you're good. That ligament's good. I didn't feel, you know, I, st I was like, okay, I, I got to trust what he's saying, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. Uh, it felt scary. Um, but at some point you got to take the training wheels off and got smartly. And this is again, where coaches can really be helpful. Um, especially, you know, when we've experienced these things, we've seen these things, we kind of know what to look for. We've got a timeline we can work with, um, the medical world as well, trust what they say. But when you get that green light, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you got to take those, those training wheels off and, and you got to train um, the injury uh, or, you know, the, the recovery, you got to work at it and you, you got to strengthen those areas. Um, box squats are a modality that we use a lot with people with knee issues. But if we box squat all the time, it's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a box squat it's very helpful um, to help with people that suffer from knee tendonitis, um, you know, some joint issues and still strengthen those muscles around, but we don't want to stay there. We want to push. We want to, we want to work at it. We want to find the next progression slowly, safely and effectively. Um, but we want to, to maximize our performance. Um, so just that protective structure. We're trying to expand. If you think of a plateau, the more things we can do, the bigger, the wider that plateau is, the safer we're going to be and the, the smoother those slopes on the edges of those plateaus are going to be. So if we get towards that edge where we're less likely to get, um, you know, have this <clears throat> catastrophic event that feels like it happened just like that as acute when really we were kind of setting ourselves up. So if we're constantly limiting ourselves and avoiding Again, I'm not saying you need to go crazy, but <clears throat> try to expand that plateau. If you think of training as a plateau, the more things, the more modalities, the more things you're able to do, and the more ways you're able to stress those muscles and those ligaments and those joints, the more robust that system is going to be and the more resilient that system is going to be. You need to, again, do that safely, do that smartly, but we're trying to broaden that plateau of, of training so that that system is as robust and as resilient as it can be. Um, I really hope that made sense. Um, again, guys, so the, the concept today was drift towards failure. We wanna be conscious, we wanna be aware, we wanna make sure that our standards are not slipping. Just because we don't experience failure the first time doesn't mean that it's not gonna creep up, whether that's in movement quality, whether that's in missing a workout here or there, and then that becomes, a, you know, Three workouts was the standard. Now we're at two is the standard. 
it's going to show up. It's going to add up the sleep quality. Maybe we were, we were getting seven hours of sleep. Now we're down to six. Okay. Maybe six only, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have um, nights where you don't get as much sleep and that's okay. But the standard, <clears throat> we need to keep those standards rigid and keep aiming for those standards so that we can keep our performance up. Um, anyway, guys, I would encourage you to, be on the lookout for this drift. If you feel like you're drifting one way, drifting towards low performance, self-correct, get a coach, get an accountability partner. Okay. Set some goals, write them down, make those standards known so that you can compare so that you can be aware of what it is that is a standard for your goals and your performance. And then make sure you're striving to hit those standards. Again, no one's going to be perfect. We, and that's not required. But we do need to be aware, especially if we're trying to improve our lifestyle, improve performance, improve our, our habits. All right, guys, I hope that is informative and helpful. If you have any questions about that, if you need some help with uh, setting some standards, drifting towards high performance, reach out to your coaches, let us know. That's why we're here and we would love to help. Until next, guy, next time, guys, have a great one.